So just real quick, I just want to, he spoke up to me last week, I want to do it real quick. Oh, no, come, come on, come on, come on, get in the light, get in the light. Um, uh, this man, um, I literally closed my eyes and three pictures popped in my head, just boom, boom, boom. Just like, whoa, okay. This dude's a leader. He is, this dude, excuse me, this man is a leader. Uh, he is a, um, I, I literally saw him um, holding a flag, running off into battle, and I was like, I'll follow that guy. I'll follow that guy. I, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, I saw an Indian headdress. He's a chief among men. He's, uh, 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 this man um, holds a wisdom like, uh, that a chief would hold, and I saw a crown. Uh, he is nobility. Uh, he is a, is, a, is, a, is a prince in God's kingdom, um, and uh, he has crowned you. And I want you all to notice that. Again, whenever anybody you... you I don't know, just ask the Lord, what do you see in this person? And, and then and like start talking to them that way. I literally just had a conversation with that earlier out in the, in the lobby. It's like, Lord, who is that person? I was like, God, oh, it's cool. That's really neat to get a picture of somebody. And that's, that's Sagoon. He is a leader. I will fall into thick and thin. So we just bless Sagoon's message today. Bless our ears to hear your word, Lord. And uh, Holy Spirit, just come and just rest over him and all of us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. All right. We thank God for this opportunity. You know, I always say every day we're given is an opportunity. You know, I I walk with people that you never know if they can make it to the next day. You see, I go to work. And they tell me, oh, this person passed last night. And I'm like, So I want us to think about it. Every single opportunity you have, every single day you wake up, it's a blessing from God. And God wants to do something. So every single day, there's hope. And our hope is in faith. And our faith is in Jesus. Remember that. Very important. So this morning, we're going to appreciate our pastors, pastors Mandy and Jared Patterson. What can I say? What can I say? It takes a great leader to achieve success. You see, success is not when something is going good. Success is when you fall down, how quick you can stand up. (laughs) I just want to thank God for your lives. Y'all don't know what you have done in this congregation. I'm a testimony. Because of what you said, I planted myself in it, and I saw results. I just want you to know that. This is right from my heart. I know there are several people here that would like to say one thing or the other. We can say that you know, during lunch, uh, we can you know, chat. But on behalf of the church, you know, I just want to thank you for everything you do. We see you. We see you. You see, there are, there are days when I come here and I see Pastor Jared. You know, just cleaning up, doing stuff, you know, (laughs) it's hard. It is hard. 
There are some things, you know, we come on Sunday and everything is looking good, you know, everything looking glamorous, we're all dressed up, and now that. somebody put that together. You see, a team of people put that together. We have people that sweep, people that wash the bathrooms, people that come and fix stuff during the week. It's not easy with little kids. So I just want to say once again, we really appreciate you. Uh, let me call Amber and Bimpe to come forward, please. They got something for you. Um, if anybody didn't get to fill out a card, there's more back there, so you can feel free, I guess, to throw it at them later. <laughs> this is for you guys. <clears throat> You're welcome. And Bimpe has a gift from you guys. And for you guys in the church that don't know, we are sending Jared and Mandy to Bethel for a leadership conference. Um, well, them and their family. And this just represents all of that. So the, here's this. Yeah. You're welcome. And we do... <laughs> Um, we just really appreciate everything you guys do and how you have loved us so well and just taught us what you've learned about the Lord. And we're hoping and praying you learn more and bring it back. So here you go. Thank you, guys. And I want to thank Amber. She does a lot around here. I know it's not about you, but I just have to appreciate you for everything you put together this week. I miss Robbie and Cheryl, they all came, they cleaned, and the guys, Carl and Mark, they did a lot, and Paul. We just want to appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, thank you, guys. So, Pastor Jared and Mandy, my prayer for you is actually what I'm talking about today. Someone and verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his laws he meditates day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You see, I want you to tap into that. Whatever he does shall prosper. You see, when you walk with God, is the one guiding you, is the one instructing you, is the one directing you. So everything you do will be right. Because it's not you. It's him. And that's my prayer for you and your family. I know you have some things that you're thinking about. I pray. There's something called onion prayer. You see the onion? It's a bulb, right? On the outside, the leaves are kind of scaly a little bit. But when you start peeling it, you see, it gets more robust. You can perceive that aroma. And you can discover stuff. So. My prayer to you today and your family is that as you, you know, walk with God, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will give you encounters. Yeah. You see, things that you would know that this is God himself. Yeah. That's my prayer for you. 
Amen. Amen. All right, this morning, let's talk about someone. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Father, I thank you for another opportunity. I thank you for the people here. I ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I want you to come and remove every thought in my head right now. Everything that I'm thinking about right now, just wipe it out and come and put your own thinking. As I speak to your people, the message that you want me to talk to them, just download it while I'm talking. <laughs> There's nothing impossible for you, Lord. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's open to Psalm 1. And we're going to read what I just read, uh, verse, verses 1 through... Three, I'm going to title this message, Positioning Yourself for God's Blessing. Positioning Yourself for God's Blessing. I read, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. No, I'm sorry. Blessed is the man who does not, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, in his law he meditates day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The psalmist, David, is trying to encourage us here. If you look at the Hebrew meaning of blessing, blessing, or when you say somebody is blessed, it means happiness. It means congratulations. So in other words, you can say, happy is the man. Or I can say, congratulations. To the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in, the, in his law he meditates day and night. I want you to see a trend right here. It says, who walks? Motion, right? Then, who stands? Stationary. Then, who sits? You see, you get comfortable. That's a progression. Let me ask you a question. What happens to a body of water, maybe like a river that is flowing fresh water, and for some reason you just dam it at the other end and it stops flowing. Gradually, 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 there's pollution. You know, stuff start happening. The water is not flowing, so things become static. Eventually, the living things in the water, 
they will suffer. There will be pollution, there will be less oxygen, the fish will die, the plants will die, and stuff like that. Stagnancy. So look at it that way. Okay, you're walking, then you're standing. Now you're sitting. So it's like going down. That's not a good thing. So David is telling us it's by choice. He said, these are blessings. If you, if you look at it very well, I just want to point out some things. You see, obedience comes before blessing. He said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So if you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, where do you, where do you walk? Yeah. You have to walk in the counsel of the godly people. And yeah, you can say counsel is like advice. You know, you talk, you, you don't understand something, and you know, you're just clueless. Oh, can you help me with this? You know, you talk to somebody, and they give you advice. But it has to be somebody godly. Now, for you to position yourself, <laughs> you see, everything is amounting to position, right? Yeah. For you to position yourself, you have to know what you're doing. Let's look at it this way. Um, I know Pastor Jared likes to camp. I was watching Geographic Channel, and I realized that many people, when they go camping, you see, there are some places they want to go, but because their cell phone doesn't get signal, they'll be like, ah, they'll think about it before going. You know why? Because when you're in danger, how are you going to get the signal? Yeah, come on. In emergency, how do you get help? You see, that kind of limits you to where you can be. That's just an example of positioning. GPS, we all use it. When you go through the tunnel, you lose signal, right? When you go to some buildings, you lose signal. Your call drops. That's positioning. I'm getting somewhere. Let's talk about blessing. When I say blessing, you see, many people misunderstand when you say blessing, prosperity, your mind goes to money, the financial aspect. That's just one thing. That's just one out of so many. When you talk of blessing, you can talk of family. You can talk of a job, career, education, ministry. You can talk of like business. You can even talk of health. You see, there are so many things you can talk of. So when I mean prosperity, when I mean blessing, I'm not talking about money. Because money doesn't make you happy. I'm talking about the package. The blessing that God has for you. You see, our God is very holistic. That means he does things in a way that things are connected to one another. So if he's going to bless you, he's going to bless you 
all the way. But we always emphasize on the money, money part. No. I know people that are really blessed. When you're in problem, hospitality, they come to you, they talk to you. Oh, are you doing okay? This, this, this. you know, just tell me your problem. There are some people when you just go to them and talk, you know, by just expressing yourself to, to them, they tell you what to do, or they just share an experience, and you feel better right away. There are some other people, not so good. <laughs> you see, there are some people that they are, you see, they, they, they just finance you. You see, that is their job. They don't show it. They don't make noise about it. But if God tells them to do something, they just do it. And they don't look back. They don't look back if, you know, if you're going to thank them or do whatever. No, God said I should do this. That's it. You see, blessing. There are some people that they will pray over you and you'll be in good health. You see, everybody has one thing or the other. But like I said, blessing is by choice. And that's what David is telling us here. That for you to be blessed, or rather for you to Position yourself in God's blessing. You are trying to align yourself to what God has for you. That you have to do three things that you have to avoid. And two things that you have to do. The three things are that you avoid walking in counsel with your ungodly. That you avoid standing in the path of sinners. That you avoid sitting with his scornful, with mockers, you know? But what do you do? The things that you need to do is delight in the law. And when I talk about the law, I'm not talking about the five, you know, the five books, the laws of Moses, uh, the Pentateuch, or what do they, they call it? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the old Bible. The 66 books. Rodney said it this morning. All we need is the Bible. You see, if you feel, oh, my life is this, my life is that, just read the Bible. You sit there. There's nothing that is happening right now that hasn't happened in the past. You just have to search for it in the Bible. Blessing. So when I say blessing, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, let's move on. So now we looked at the action, right? The walking, the standing, and the sitting. How about the location? By the location, I mean, look at that verse again. Who do you not walk with? You shouldn't be in counsel with the ungodly. So don't take advice from the ungodly. Would you not stand in their path, sinners? And would you not sit in their seats, scorners or mockers? So there's a reason 
is telling us these things. It's not easy. Especially, you know, the, the, the way we live nowadays, that everybody is on Facebook and Instagram and this and that. And several times at work, you know, when I get to work, I see people talking about, oh, that person, you see, you're already talking about somebody. But what does the Bible say? It said, I shouldn't stand there. I shouldn't walk in there. I shouldn't sit down there. So I just, I just go. I'll tell you what. The devil is very cunning. Very smart. Because the moment, oh, they talk, you discuss, maybe somebody's discussing about your boss. Oh, he did this, she did this and that. And you, you know, you just come in and get in, into the conversation. Before you know it, you start saying your things too. Even if you don't talk and you're just standing there, silence means what? Agreement. So the Bible is telling us just walk away. Walk away. When people are discussing, they're gossiping. Don't stand there. Because standing there makes you block your blessing. You see, you are trying to get in position. You see, I'm under the lights right now. Now, when they start talking or I start doing stuff that I'm not supposed to be doing, I get drifted away. Gradually. The last time I told you about uh, the guy that was in a boat, just chilling you know, by, the edge of, uh, by the bank of the river. He was just chilling there in a boat. Gradually, the waves came, and the boat just started going and going and going. And before I knew it, was right there in the mid middle of the ocean. Come on. That's what sin does to you. Just try one time. Ah, nobody knows. Nobody sees me. But before you know it, oh, I did it last time. Nobody knew. Let me try it again. You see? Gradually, you're moving from that light. The position that you're supposed to be for God's blessing, you're drifting away. Okay, so who is at fault? Are you trying to blame God for not giving you that blessing? Come on. Or you want to blame yourself for drifting away? David. A man after God's heart. Okay, let's look at this. When you talk of the ungodly or the wicked. What are we even talking about? You know, who are these people? These are people that are familiar and knowingly they violate the command of God. So it's not that I don't know. Oh, I didn't know that was a sin. I didn't know. They know. But they do it on purpose. How about the scornful? What does it mean to be scornful? Being scornful just shows mockery. You know, somebody that mocks somebody. They just want to bring you down just for the fun of it. Because they don't like your idea. They don't like what you're talking about. They just, you know, there are some people when you talk to them, they're always at the opposite end. Just looking for that little thing for you to say, and they get you. They just bring you down. They are totally, you know, they lack 
They don't have any respect for you. That's the way to put it. They just belittle you. They look at you like somebody with no value. You see? That's scorning right there. So David is telling us to avoid working with those people. But let's talk about knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. You see, knowledge is knowing something, right? Oh, I know this is this. So we're talking about facts. We're talking about true things that you can actually see, that you know. And people actually, you know, they go to school for that. Some people have degrees about, you know, maybe nuclear physics, uh, how you divide the atom to make a bomb, and this, 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 you know, professors. That is knowledge right there, you see? What is wisdom? The way I say it, wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge. You can have knowledge and not wisdom. So you're just carrying all that, you know, all those formulas. You are putting them in your head, you don't have to apply them. And you can have wisdom and not have knowledge. Remember those grandpas, grandmas that never went to college? And they just look at you and they say something and it's full of wisdom. You'll be like, whoa, how did you know that? You see, because they have been tested, they have tried, they have failed, and they have learned from their failures. So from their failure, they have gone back to no knowledge. You know that's possible, right? Okay, take for example, um, if I don't know anything about cars, and I go work at uh, a dealership. Oh, it's just about selling cars, right? Okay, who wants to buy this? This is 27,000 and this, this, this. I'll be there for three days, I'm gonna learn. But does that make me a good salesman? No. How about understanding? You see, understanding is just a little step further. Okay, now you know the knowledge, you have the wisdom, now you have applied it, and you've seen good results. So you know what you're doing. That's understanding right there. Let me ask some moms here. I know for a fact, there are people when you want to feed your kids, you know the right temperature of the milk, it's not too cold, it's not too hot, you know it. And that's because you've been doing it over and over and over. You see, so those are things you know. So you don't have to have a microwave or whatever, you have to boil the water or do whatever. No, you don't. This is, you know, things that you just know. Now, who do we go to for good wisdom? We said the godly people, right? How do you know somebody that's godly? 
how do you know that's the right person? Nowadays, everybody has a blog. Everybody write their own books, right? There are so many authors right there. So how do, you, how do I know what is right from wrong? Oh, back in my days, you know, we have to go to the library. You search to look for books. Then you read the book. You look for the page. You look for reference. You look for that. Now, you don't have to do all that. Go on Google. I will even take it a step further. The other day, I was asking, was it Daniel or Faith, for the spelling of something? And they were like, uh, Siri, spell. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. Knowledge. You see, there are some things we learn that you don't know the source. Anybody can write a blog. So why would you take somebody's blog? Because they have one million likes over somebody else. How do you compare? Wisdom. So we have to use wisdom in everything. And he tells us that if we take our delights in the law of God and we meditate on it, Wisdom would, would be automatically downloaded to us. So I don't have to depend on, oh, what are the Kardashians uh, saying about dressing? I have to dress like them. And uh, what is somebody saying? You see what I'm saying? Why, why can't I be my own self? Why can't I drive, you know, just dress the way I want to dress? I watch shows on TV and they portray this. You have to be some kind of you know, shape or whatever. That's not in the Bible. God made us. We're beautiful. We're powerful. You know, right? And he made you for a purpose. So why do you want to live your own purpose and follow somebody else's? Because the media says so. It doesn't make sense. I'm talking about planning. God has planned for each and everybody. The plan God has for you might not, in fact, most times, would not even be what he has for me. But what do we do? Oh, because his plan is very successful. You see, he's making all this money. He's, he's, he's doing this. He's getting this. I want his plan. Remember the light, right? You're under the light. You're trying to position yourself. His own position is right here. Now you are living yours. Okay, I've been praying for this for several years. Oh, God is going to do it. When God is about to do it, now you are moving yourself to somebody else's plan. And God would be like, mm, if you had only waited 30 more minutes. So we have to be careful. You know, the advice that we listen to and standing in the path of sinners. What does that mean? Standing in the path. 
standing in the path. Okay, when I stand in the path of something, that is not my path, right? I want you to understand that is that thing's path. So each time it comes, it's going to meet me every single time. If I'm still there, it's still going to come. If I'm still there, it's still going to come. Keep coming. David is telling us to avoid standing. Um, yeah, avoid standing in the path of sinners. You know why? You feel you are, oh, no, I can't sin. I'm, I'm, I'm above that. No, you're not. What happens to this wall when I uh, give it a blow, you know, with a hammer, and I just keep knocking? You don't see it right away, but structurally, in the back or within, it's getting weak. It's getting weak. Just keep, you know, doing that. Eventually, it's going to break apart. That's what's standing in the path of sinners does. You feel it's not important. I'm not saying you should be avoiding sinners. I'm a sinner too. Everybody sins. There's nobody that is not, you know, nobody's righteous. The Bible said it. But that doesn't mean, oh, I go to Walmart and I see that sinner coming, I go to the next aisle. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, it should be the other way around. When you see somebody that you know, they live in sin or, you know, there's, they need grace in their life, just approach them. Talk to them. That's what we've been called to do. We are ministers. We're supposed to minister to the world. Not run away. But the part I'm talking about is the behavior. You know, I'm talking about the lifestyle. When you feel, oh, they are sinners, their, their lifestyle is not going to mess up mine, we're still friends, and this, and no. It will, eventually, because there will be a day that they will ask you, oh, please, can you do this instead of going to church? Can you just you know, come along with us? You know, uh, there's a party somewhere in Louisiana, and we want you there. Oh, we might even come back before Sunday morning. I'll be like, oh, okay, okay, just one time. You do it one time. Oh, this is nice. They invite you again and again and again. And before you know it, what happens to the lights? Positioning? You keep drifting. That is what I'm talking about. And that, that's what David is talking about here. He said, avoid sitting in the seat of the scornful. Hmm. He says, scornful people are people that show open, you know, openly, they show their contempt for God. And God's law and his plans, you know, they just bring it down. Okay, where's the God now? I needed that five years ago, and it still hasn't provided. I wanted that like 13 years ago, and it wasn't there for me. So where is God now? And, you know, it's different when you feel it inside and you don't say it out. You know, you start praying for the Holy Spirit to convince you, to help you. But it's something else when you voice it out. Remember when we talked about the tongue? Now you are openly accusing God. That's what scornful people do. And they are not 
they not only stumble in the law, but also despite it. They don't want to hear anything about God. When, oh, God's a, whatever. Scornful people. And like I said, whatever you say, they bring it down. Because they don't want to hear anything about God. You see, most times it's not about you. But it's about God. But they, they try to get to God through you. And since they can't see God, they can't slap God around, they, you know, they take it out on you. All right, moving on. So, all right, let me speed it up. So as believers, we have to maintain an attitude that honors God and respects other people. So we, before I finish that, let me, let me say this real quick. Remember the example that just popped in my mind. Remember Amen and Mordecai? That's a very good example of a scornful person. Amon hated Mordecai. He just hated him. And he wanted to take him down along with the Jews. So, just understand that. You see that scornful person right there. Scornful. All right. So, David said, when you do these three things, avoid these three things, but do these two other things. What are the two other things? He said, Delight in the law of the Lord and meditate in the law day and night. What does delight mean? What does it mean to delight? Delight means, you know, you enjoy something. That you do it with pleasure. That nobody forces you. You know, it's just natural. Initially, it could be rough. Imagine you try to, uh, maybe you try to lose weight and you're trying to get in the gym. The very first day you go there, do you achieve anything? No, you just disappoint yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do this. You'll be trying really hard, you kill yourself. <laughs> but with persistence, you go the next day. Just take an extra mile. Next day, extra step. You see, by the time you do it over and over and over and there's consistency, then you begin to see results. That's what we're talking about here. You see, the light is, you begin to enjoy something. You have the light in it. So without being told, it just automatically, you know, comes to your mind. The law of God. Just cherish it. That's all he's saying. Then meditate in the law day and night. Meditation, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, all these uh, Eastern meditations, Nigeria, you do something like that. And, no, I'm not talking about all that. No. Meditation, you take it to a different level. It means thinking about what you read Asking God, asking the Holy Spirit to minister to you and dwelling on that word. 
You know, you read something, God, just, just show me something. And you don't do it just, you know, quiet time in the day. You do it all day long. That is meditation. God, just reveal. I want you to just reveal, your, you know, my purpose. You see, let your will be done in my life. And you just keep going, going, going while driving, while at work, when you're picking up the kids, when you're in the shower, when you do meditation. That's what David is talking about. So if we can avoid those three things and do these two things, then we are setting ourselves in position for the blessing of God. Now, in summary, you don't fall into unrighteousness overnight. It is progressive, like I said. You see, you walk, you stand, then you sit. So it's not something that happens. No, it's gradual. You participate. It becomes a habit. Then you dwell in it. You start living in it. Then, talking about stumbling, when you stumble and you keep stumbling, then you get into sin. Then the sin just becomes mockery. Well, I've done it before, so what? So David is warning us, do not progress towards ungodliness. He wants us to turn back and repent. And that's what all this is all about. So the next time you read Psalm 1, I want you to, you know, just pay very close attention. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. And that's what's going to position you for God's blessing. Before we round up, I want you to just look at your life and just see what lie are you believing. You're trying to position yourself. What lies have you been told that you still have? Oh, when I do this, I'll do that. No, it's not automatic. Because the plan worked for him doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You have your own plan. All you have to do is just stay steadfast with the Lord. You know, ask him to reveal. I've always told people, you see, back in uh, Africa where I'm from, when we pray, we pray very dangerous prayers. I hope you know that. Yeah, about wizards and witches and, you know, warlocks and, you know, stuff like that. Just break them down. You know, Holy Spirit, you know, fire. Just call fire on them and stuff like that. But ever since I realized something, you see, the most dangerous prayer that I know now is asking God's will to be done. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, will. Let your will be done. Because, see, we have three enemies. And, and Danny and I, we have a little uh, demonic for it, DFW. 
the devil, the flesh, and the world. DFW, remember that. When you ask God to let his will be done in your life, these are automatic things that don't want that to happen. And they just start fighting against that will. Nope, God's will is not going to be done. You see, that's their job. But we serve a God that is bigger than all that. And that's what you have to remember. It's bigger than all that. So, Lord, let your will be done. Because I know you are going to help me. I know you're always there for me. I know you're always there for me. There's a saying in my language that I look up to you, literally, I look up to you. And I can lay back. That's what it means. So when you know the God you're serving, and you know how to position yourself, then you don't have a problem. There can be storms going round, going round, going round. But like the psalmist says, it prepares a table before me in the midst of my enemies. Yeah. So they can do whatever they like. It don't, it don't matter. You are with the greatest. He's holding you up. So nothing, nothing is going to come to you. And that's what we need to remember. So, if, if you're asking for God to show you ways to position yourself into his blessing, and you need prayer, everybody does. As we're rounding up, I'm going to make a hot call. So if you want to come out to pray, uh, let's have the altar team come over. If there's anything whatsoever that you feel it's, it's just difficult for me, I've been struggling with this for years, for months, for decades, and it's not happening. Maybe you are positioning yourself wrongly. You need to be in a different position. And we can pray about it. It's not by your own power. <laughs> Come on. He's going to do it because he is the creator. He created heaven and earth. He knows every single star. He can name them. The Bible says God has the oceans and the span of his hands. Just imagine that. So there's nothing impossible for him. I have my special testimony. Today is not the day to share that testimony. It's coming. But God has been very faithful. And that was because I positioned myself. Come on. We can do this. We have to let go. You see, all those ideas, all those knowledge, all those degrees that we have, and we're depending on, no, that's not going to help us. We only, like I said, we only need one like. And that like is from God. When God likes everything, then you're set. So, Father, we thank you for another opportunity. We thank you for your word. 
just want to thank you because as we try to position ourselves, we know we can't do it by ourselves. We try so much to do whatever we can do. But we know <laughs> you, are, you are the God that positions things. We submit our will to you right now. We submit ourselves, our heart, our body, our spirit, mind, and soul. You created us, and you know us best. <laughs> you know us more than ourselves. So we just surrender everything to you now. Help us to get in position for the blessings that you have prepared for us. We thank you for your love <laughs> that's always chasing after us. We thank you for everything you're doing as our daddy, Abba Father. We thank you for loving us no matter what. We thank you for redemption. As several times we stray away, but you still pull us back. <laughs> we just appreciate you, Lord. Help us. Help us. Help us to be who you want us to be, not who we want to be. Who you want us to be, who you created us to be. Father, we just thank you. Because as we submit everything to you, <laughs> we know everything is being repositioned right now. Yes. We have that faith. You said we should ask and it shall be given unto us, Lord. Father, we ask right now. Do a new thing in our life, Lord. I pray for everybody here today. I know they're not here by accident. <clears throat> There's a purpose why they're here today. I want you to reveal yourself in a mighty way. Just reveal yourself in such a way that they will know that this is you. It's not their own doing, but this is your doing. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for grace. We thank you for always being there because we can always fall back on you. Father, <laughs> we don't have any other place to go Come on. because your word is truth and we stand on that. And it's your reports that we're going to believe. And we give you all the glory right now. We give you all the honor and all the adoration in Jesus' name.